Welcome to episode 66 of the Daniel Yoris Podcast with today's guest, Raymond Lamb. Let's go. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Joined here today by Raymond Lamb, who I'm very honored to have on the podcast. I put out a message on Instagram the other day, just said, hey, who wants to do a podcast? Anyone about anything? Raymond sent me a message and we and we set it up as a listener of the podcast, follows on social media and whatnot. So uh, very happy to have you here, Raymond. Thanks, man. Happy to be here. Thank you so much. Yeah, it was it was it was a bit random, and I'm like, oh man, any chance I get to to kind of have a little face to face with you, I'm I'm gonna take it. So I th- threw my name in the hat, and here I am. Yeah, awesome. I love it. It's, it's very much about you know taking action, doing doing the things you want. You just throw your name out there. You you let the pinballs uh you know hit off each other and let chances go, and you never know who you get to get to meet. And one of the things you know that I've always said about the podcast is like, there's something to learn from everyone, and there's not very many people who or not very many chances that we get to have one-on-one conversations with people, whether that be loved ones or strangers. So any chance we right, get, I'm, right. I'm all for it. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Again, thanks for having me, man. Of course. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about what you do, and then we're going to go wherever this wherever this podcast goes, that's where we're going to go. But tell us a little bit about what you do. Yeah, for sure. So um, I coach an online course that I curate for, um, for financial beginners and, and for financial literacy and beginners to investing and all the one-on-one stuff, um, all the technical jargony stuff that people kind of get afraid or, or, or fear about when it comes to investing. So I do that. Um, but my main kind of nine to five is right now I work for a tech company and I'm a restaurant consultant. So anything that deals with software or advertisements. I usually help the restaurants out and, and make sure that they uh, they succeed on our platform and they're able to connect with diners. So Amazing. That's that, a bit of what I do. Yeah. That that sounds like it's probably been something that's been extremely important over the last two years as a lot of restaurants who probably weren't previously online or had, you know, little to no online presence were forced to go online. For sure. Yeah. It was definitely the weirdest and trickiest two years to navigate. Um, being in the restaurant space, we didn't know if every day was going to be a new day, we'd, I, I, there was zero job security. I, I, had, I had no idea what was going to happen to my role, um, but we figured it out and we tried to connect with as many restaurants as we could and figured out what they were kind of dealing with and led with empathy. And I guess it's working out pretty well. I'm still here, right? So Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think leading, leading with empathy is is a huge part of that, right? I mean, people are going through, people have been going through some really tough times and there are probably some, you know, tougher times ahead, you know, who knows? Um, you know, the big question, everyone, oh, what do you think about the real estate market? And I'm sure as someone who's in investing, you get asked that question like 900 times a day. And the answer is like, sure. I don't know. <laughs> everyone, yeah. everyone thinks they knows, but like, you know, no one really knows, but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. tough, tough times ahead. And, and so, you know, leading with, leading with empathy, like you said, is, is very important for, for that. And now were you doing this previous to the pandemic or what's the, what's the timeline like here? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm going into five years into this role. Uh, previous to the pandemic, I was in field. So I would fly out and meet restaurants all across, uh, you know, Canada, North America and, and LA, New York and Chicago. And, um, yeah, we would meet restaurants face to face and see how we can make the restaurants better. Right. So we were more in like a, a surplus mindset and trying to get restaurants to the next level, getting them the systems they need to get to the next level. Um, when the pandemic hit, we obviously regressed and we had to go back to brainstorming. Okay, well, now it's not even about how to make restaurants money or how to make them more successful. Now it's thinking about how we can get them to remain open, how we can get them to survive. So we went into like survival mode. So it was a much different mindset and much different approach to the restaurants. Obviously, leading with empathy was one of the biggest things that we had to talk about because everyone's situation is different. And 
I couldn't tell you how many restaurants uh, either closed or, or, or how many restaurants just couldn't make it and how many mom and pop shops just, you know, decided to just move on. And it was sad. It was a sad time. And, and it was, it was tricky navigating that. We didn't know exactly how we, we fit into the picture. Yeah. Restaurants are not exactly the most lucrative business. I'm sure there are some that do like very, very well, but a lot of the mom and pop shops and especially like you're from Toronto, like you, you know, you walk up and down Young Street now and it's like, it looks like half the places or more are closed or boarded up or something because they're just, you know, small shops. The people work like, you know, a hundred hours a week and they don't make all that much money, but they, they serve the community and they like do great work. But when that, you know, their margins are not very big. So when those shrink, it's not sustainable. It's impossible to keep that business open. Right. Right. That's absolutely right. And a lot of restaurant owners, they're, they're, they got into the business because of their passion. They love to either cook or they love to either share their cuisine or they had a story to tell. Not a lot of people I speak to are, are very super business savvy. They didn't get into it in, for right. the business aspect of things. They didn't get into it for, for, the, for the money, you know? So when the pandemic happened and they had to kind of uh, think about how to connect with their diners or reshape how they would get their food out to customers, some of them couldn't figure it out. And it sucked because, because by the time we got to them, it was either too late or they just decided, you know, like, this isn't for us. We, we can't we can't reshape the way we do things, especially like high-end dine-in restaurants. They were just forced to, you know, either scale back or, 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 or close for the time being. Yeah. That, that was one thing that I always thought about through it as well is, you know, a high-end restaurant, you go there because of the, the ambiance, the experience, the wait staff, and the quality of the food matters so much. And so that doesn't really translate well to delivery style. Whereas like if you're just getting a burger and fries, pizza, burrito, something like that, that delivers and, and takeout, like that works pretty well. So, you know, I would imagine it's a little bit easier for those restaurants to, to, to transfer over, albeit they are competing against, you know, McDonald's and the, the big chains, which, that right. is extremely difficult where they can't possibly beat them on price. They have to beat them on quality. And then, you know, other people are looking for a cheaper deal and there's all the whole, that whole uh, yeah, thing gets into exactly. it. But the high end restaurants, I, I have no idea. Obviously, I don't know that much about restaurant business, but like I have no idea how they how they possibly made it through. That's that's right. A lot of them kind of had to go back to the drawing board and figure out, OK, how can we repackage our food? How can we make it a little bit more takeout friendly? How can we deliver this so that people can have a night in with that kind of quality of food. And a lot of places have figured out how to do it correctly. I used to never get ramen delivered or takeout. It's just not the same. It's it just, you just can't have ramen or anything soupy or with noodles uh, in a takeout manner. Right. But now they're slowly starting to figure out how to package it correctly. They're slowly figuring it out how you can have a takeout experience and, and do it right. So some restaurants have adapted and figured it out. And then some have unfortunately went, hey, listen, there's no way we're going to be doing a 12-piece uh, omakase sushi set for a customer and, and, and have it at the same quality, you know? Yeah. Um, but I have seen many attempts and, 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 and I love seeing, you know, restaurants try it. Um, it just sucks because I could only imagine there were so many restaurants that, that could have had, you know, these attempts to make it, um, but either didn't take it or, or it just didn't work out for them or soon enough. Right. And that must be so rewarding for you to be able to, you know, be doing that job to literally, I don't think it's a, it's, it's an overstatement to say this, that there are lives that you have saved because of this, you and like your company by doing this and helping these people to keep their business afloat prevents all kinds of hardships down the line. And so I don't think it's a stretch to say that you've, you've saved lives through this. I mean, there's a lot of heroes in the, you know, the nurses and all that kind of stuff. But like, I think people like yourself are also heroes in, in your own right. 
Thanks, man. I, I never, I never thought of it or looked at it that way. I'm just here to help people make money by making money. You know, <laughs> just trying to get people through their doors. Um, but yeah, I would like to think that there are a few businesses that I've saved or, or helped or, or, or got over the line or, you know, if it's one or two reservations a week, that can sometimes make the big difference. Uh, the biggest difference for a restaurant. And that's, that's what we try to do. Um, but yeah, it, it, it has been a tricky two years. Um, we're, we're still kind of navigating through the tail end of it. And we don't know what's next, but we're excited and we're hopeful and restaurants are, are, are kind of the cornerstone of, of, of North America. So we got to figure something out, right? If not us, then who? Exactly. Exactly. No, that's a, that's a great attitude to have for sure. And yeah, there's a lot of been, uh, there, there have been a lot of other factors through this pandemic. Like, yes, you know, lots of people got sick and, and all of that, but there are a lot of other things that have been happening. And we've noticed that, you know, through fitness so much, but there's a lot of things that are, that are going to last or maybe manifest 10, 15 years from now. One thing that I've said, and I don't know if you've, you know, maybe seen this amongst your friend group or, or whatever, but you know, a lot of people gained a significant amount of weight in a short period of time during the pandemic. Definitely, definitely And so yeah, it's like, yeah. you know, you put on 20, 20 pounds, 30 pounds in a year. I can't remember the stat, that, but there was a, an alarming stat of the amount of weight that people gained in the first year of the pandemic. Yeah. And then what happens with that 10 years from now, 15 years from now, if that weight loss, and just weight loss never happens and people are carrying around this extra weight. And so like, these are the things that we, you know, they're not automatic. They're not directly attributable to, to the average person to the pandemic and the things that happen, but they will be because of this. Right. And so again, you know, th these are one of the, one of the ways that you're a hero as well to, to save yeah. some of these un unseen, uh, unseen consequences. It was. And, and here's the thing too, people couldn't really go out to eat and they couldn't really dine into their favorite restaurants. So they, they, they did takeout, which is like the most efficient way of you getting or, or delivery, which is the most efficient way of getting food to your door. And the thing with that the slippery slope with that, the good thing about restaurant owners is that they can actually, you know, change the model of their business to work in a volume-based business where we can put out more orders out the door if we're constantly delivering food. But what you don't realize is on the health end of that is if it's always coming to your door, you have that efficiency kind of mindset and you're always ordering food because it's so accessible and it's so instant and it's so now Amazon prime now, yeah. you know, Uber eats now get to your door now. So that, that definitely is weighing in on, 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 on a health aspect of it. But um, that's when it comes down to 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 the to the customers, right? You, you, you got to know what you're putting in your body. You know, you got to know how to 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 treat yourself. You know, you can support local businesses all you want, but at the end of the day, you gotta you gotta know where this food is kind of coming from yourself. So exactly, at some point, you know, you got to be an adult and make the adult decisions. And McDonald's seven days in a row is probably not a good idea. There's a little bit of self discipline it, it that has up. to be has to be it involved, right? Exactly. I, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure you see this a lot with with your investing coaching as well, like you know, I don't know so much about investing, but I'm sure there are no secrets. If there were secrets, you know, you would tell everyone and everyone would be like super rich, but you know, chasing things that are, or being undisciplined with your investing can't be a good thing either. Same way being undisciplined with your diet or with your nutrition and all this other stuff, being undisciplined in any area of life is not, is not really good, but I'm sure it's more exactly. tangible with, with uh, investing as well. That's exactly it. I, it's not like we figured something out and we have the secret formula for you to follow exactly what you said. Um, the, the, the reason why I coach and the reason why I feel like this is such an important thing where we don't get taught investments. We don't get taught these numbers. We don't get taught how to really be financially responsible or financially literate in school. At least I never remembered it. I just remembered learning about algebra all the time, which I, you know, I still haven't used to this day. <laughs> Um, meanwhile, you know, I'm struggling to do my taxes every so often. 
Um, but yeah, it's, 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 it's no strategy. It's no secret. It's about, it's 90% mindset. And I would even say even more than that, like less than 5% skill. There's no skill to investing. It's, it's a more of a set it and forget it kind of mentality. You just got to go through the motions. It's boring. And the way people describe it is boring. And it, and it seems very archaic the way um, investing works, but it works. Historically, it has worked and it's never failed people who have just stuck through even during the bad times when it looks like you're having a bad financial investing day, it always pulls through because you just kind of stick with kind of like a set it and forget it. Don't get rich quick kind of attitude. Um, and that seems to pay off. And then that's how people end up retiring, right. Uh, or retiring, retiring comfortably. Right. right. Um, but yeah, it's exactly that, man. There's no secret sauce to it. Just people yeah. just don't want to do it. People just want to go, oh, this is slow. I'm not, I, don't, I can't wait 30 years to make this much money. It's like, no, well, that's how it works. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it, this always comes back to everything in life, this discipline and just playing the long game, doing the simple stuff. Well, like, you know, buy the, don't, don't buy the, don't chase the flashy stuff. Don't chase the, the latest right. crypto coin, you know, whatever nonsense that That's your right. buddy told you about, Oh, this one's going to the moon. Like, okay, yeah. maybe, but like probably yeah. not. Right. Like, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Yeah. How did you, how did you start to educate yourself about all this investing stuff? Cause like, uh, you know, similar to you, I mean, we probably went to a similar school board and whatever, like I didn't have any investing knowledge in school. The, the extent yeah. of the math that I use is adding up the plates on the barbell. That's all I use. Never mind algebra. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's kind of like that too. Right. I, um, I think after, after high school, I just started working, right. I, I went, I went immediately into working and I, you know, I was in college as well. And what I quickly realized was Taxes. Taxes was a huge thing. I didn't understand how I worked 80 hours every two weeks. And I would have supposed to gotten paid, you know, five, six hundred bucks or whatever it was at that time. But I didn't. I got paid, you know, two, three hundred dollars. I'm like, this is what's going on here. Yeah. And my parents were like, that's just, just taxes. It's just this is how it works. <laughs> I didn't understand the concept of taxes. I didn't understand how my money went somewhere else. So I started figuring out ways, you know, to to kind of have my money work for me because it seemed at the time where I was working, I was working retail, I was working all these jobs, bartending, all these gigs. And it was really tiring. It was a lot of hours. And I had to figure out, hey, okay, how can I make the most out of my time making money that could be as passive as possible? So then I, so I, you know, I learned about stocks and then I learned about, you know, investing and I learned about retirement and I learned about, um, in, in, in Canada, you know, different products that we have are like, uh, uh, 401k, which is like an RSP stuff like that. And I realized I didn't know Jack about any of these things. Like I have absolutely no idea. And every time I would look it up, people would recommend me reading like books and books and books, like textbooks worth of stuff. And then as you know, the more I started learning, the more easier it got the more I started noticing that um, more people were doing it, more people were learning. There, there, there started to, ha there, there was more YouTube content about it. There was more, um, people were talking more about it. Maybe it came with age. Maybe it was just the people I was hanging out with. But the more I learned about it, the more I realized people were learning about it and it became a, a bit of a community. And so I kind of wanted to, to take what I've learned, all those books that I've read and all those articles that I've been following for years and try to condense and collapse it so that it'd be easier for for someone with no knowledge or little to no knowledge or someone that has that fear to even start to say, okay, listen, if this guy did it in six years and he can teach me over the course of 90 days to, for me to even get started, then uh, I'm going to collapse that time. And I'm, I'm going to take this because when it comes to investing, time is your best asset. And that's one of the first things I talk to you about. And it's one of the first things that we go over together is, is your value of time, not so much your value of a dollar. 
but yeah, that's that's pretty much how I got started because I, I actually didn't know anything about it, and I felt like, man, this is like really important. If I don't know, I I might die, you know. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just it's the same thing with I guess being in the gym and just having that mindset and just having that kind of like go get it attitude. Yeah. You're not going to go to the gym for a week and see that instant result. And you're not gonna be able to retire after a month of investing. It's not how exactly. it works. Right. You got to stick to a plan and you got to stick to it regularly. And it's more of a lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. No, you said a lot of amazing things there. You strike me as someone who's very much an action taker. You don't correct me if I'm wrong here. I'm just trying to trying <laughs> to read you, but it's like, you don't, talk shit in the sense of like, oh, I'm thinking about this maybe. And then like three years go past and I was like, Hey Ray, how's that thing going? Oh, well, I was still thinking about it. Like, no, you've done it. You've done something about it. And I think that's the biggest thing. Like with investing yeah. with, with, uh, fitness, like the best time to start was, or is yesterday. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And the second best time is right now. Right. So yeah, things are going to take 30 years. Don't wait any longer than you have to. Same with your fitness. You know, we, we, you know, this, and we've taken, we've said this a million times in the podcast, like, you know, you got, it takes a long time. Nothing is going to happen overnight. So the right. best time to start again is it's yesterday. Um, but yeah, did I, did I hit you, hit you in no, the head there with right. the, you're the absolutely, action taker? You're, yeah, you're absolutely right. I think that one of the first things we talk about during, uh, during our first sessions together, when, when you're, when, when you join my, uh, when you join my coaching courses that time is your best friend and the way compound interest works and it's compound interest is, is the eighth wonder of the world. The way it works is over time, your first, maybe three, four years, that money just looks like you're just saving it. But then when it starts to compound and interest gets involved and it starts multiplying, if you multiply a penny every day for the next 30 days, you just multiply one penny by two then it becomes two then it becomes four, then it becomes eight. By the end of the month, you're going to have close to a million dollars. That's just how compounding works. Right. But for the first week, you're just going to have maybe like a couple bucks. So that's the thing that I teach people is that forget the numbers, forget the charts, forget the financial earnings, the reports, you know, all that jargon and all that Wall Street BS. Think about time as like your best asset. That's that's what's going to make you money. If you have time, if you use that time to invest your money, if you live below your means to a sense if you can budget properly, if you can think about the future more than just three days ahead of you, you will be above. And this is a sad stat, but you will be above over 60% of most people in North America who do not have retirement planning or who do or have never been taught or have anything saved up and retired next to nothing, you know, or, or work the rest of their lives. Yeah. So it sucks, but that's, that's the reality of it. Yeah, one thing that I was very shocked and and saddened by at the very beginning of the pandemic, like first week, was you know everything shut down, everyone's at home, no one's going to work, whatever, and people online and everywhere were kind of freaking out about like, oh, I I can't buy groceries this week because I'm not getting you know because I'm not at work this week, and in yeah. my head I was I was shocked because you know people hadn't even missed like hadn't even missed a paycheck yet, hadn't even been like two weeks, hadn't even missed a pay cycle yet, and already freaking out about money and not that I'm someone who I don't have so much money and so much savings, but I'm very diligent. And I, you know, like you said, live below my means and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, right. we haven't even missed a paycheck yet. This is a problem. What happens if something real, like a real expense came up, you know, who knows what it could be? How would you possibly afford that? And this, this is where this stuff becomes so important. One, one quote that, that always rings true to me, Naval Ravikant said this, I'm not sure if you're familiar with him. He was, he was talking about money and, and talking about having a lot of money. And he said, mm-hmm. Money or having money doesn't solve all of your problems, but it does okay. solve all of your money problems, and that's a pretty yes. big deal. And I was like, yeah. "Holy shit, that's that's huge!" Yeah, if, yeah. if it's a, if it's one thing you don't have to worry about, you can spend all that extra energy and all that extra time 
you know, worrying about and taking care of all the other things in your life that are going to come up if you just solve that money issue. Right, right. Yeah. No, I ha- I did not know who that was from, but I have heard that before. Okay. So yeah. It may not be, I, I heard it from him. He may have, you know, quoted someone else, but that's where I heard it from. Yeah. 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 No, that's, you're absolutely right. It, it, it just, it just sucks because again, going back to the whole, you know, uh, institutional thing, we don't get taught this kind of stuff in school. Yeah. Um, it's not even, it's not even elective, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You can but even I did, learn it if you want to. But I did learn how to make a baseball bat in shop class. You know what I mean? So <laughs> yeah. it's like the the world is the the world's a little weird when it comes to what we what they want us to learn and the institutions that have been provided to us. Yeah. Um. But it's people like you know I would like to think it's people like me and it's, it, it's people who have publicly shared what they're how they've done it and, and, and people like that who are constantly DMing you and, and trying to make money out of you. They just simply want to share with the world, like, Hey, you can do this. It's easier to do this. Um, and with, you know, social media and online content now, it makes it that much more easier to become, uh, an investor and, and to do it yourself. Um, and with so many like apps, and so many robo advisors and so many ways of getting involved in, in financial investing now that I, I, I think like we, we reached that point in, in, in life and in history where people can get an automated process going and it's not that hard. Yeah. So Especially, I just want people to know where their money is going before they actually do it. It's easy to sign up an account and put in a thousand bucks. It's hard to know what's actually happening to that thousand dollars. Right. So I just want to have, make sure you got the know-hows before you pull the trigger and anything. Yeah. Awareness is, is huge. And, and just to tie this to the fitness. And then I got a question for you. It's like awareness is huge. And we say this with diet stuff all the time. It's like, Oh, I'm, I'm losing weight or I'm gaining weight. And I'm not sure why it's like, well, are you truly aware of what you're eating? Do you actually know the food that you're putting in your mouth? Are you aware of how much exercise you're doing on a daily or weekly basis? Same as your money. If you think, Oh, I'm, I can't, I can't, you know, my bank account is not increasing. Well, do you know how much you're spending and how much you're making each month? Like, do you know that down to the penny? No. Mm-hmm. Well, then, then how, how do you expect to, to fix that? Right. Right. On the coaching side and the ease of this, you know, I'm sure for yourself, if you had access to someone like yourself now, when you were starting, it would have mm-hmm. made your life so much easier. And so oh, now sure. you've been able to package like you went, you did it the hard way. You figured it out. And there were mentors and I'm sure people that you learned from, but for there sure. wasn't like for a, sure. you know, just a packaged up way. But now we have so much, you can get a coach for literally anything now. And, and, mm-hmm. and if you want to do something, you should have a coach for your finances, for your fitness, for your gardening anything if you want to excel at it like hire a coach because it's the easiest way to get things done on that that's right aside from the mindset stuff and understanding that there is a bit of a long game and things like that what are some of the first you know tangible steps for someone to take to start investing and let's say someone who's like even a university student doesn't have a lot of money doesn't have a lot of savings uh built up yet where do you go from there Right, right. That's that's a good question. So a lot of my clients are, you know, bridging the gap between university and I'm about to graduate and I have this much in debt and I want to start investing, but I also just want to start working. So this is something that I get asked a lot. What are the first things that you can get started other than, you know, creating a good mindset? Um, understanding what your goals are. So financially. So what do you want to do if I were to give you, let's just say, uh, I, I like a hundred thousand dollars. I know that's not much anymore in Toronto. You can't even buy a shoebox to live in. But um, if I were to give you that money, what would you spend it on? What What's your goal? What's your financial goal? Yes, I, everyone has a number. I understand that. But what's your goal? What's your lifestyle like? Right. So understand that. So you have to understand: Do I want to have a lavish uh, retirement? Do I want to live in a ten-bedroom home where all my grandkids can come visit me and have it on the lake? For some people, that might not be the case. For some people, they want to, you know, 
hut it up in Hawaii or something, you know? Um, so understanding what you want is it retirement. Is it a new car, which is probably not the best thing you should spend your money on. But for some people, for some people, that is a financial goal. I want a new car. It's going to make me feel great. It's, it's going to make me feel like I'm, I'm, I'm finally independent for some people. It's a house, right? For some people, it's a house for their kids. So for some people, it's to put their kids through college. Understand what your financial goal is, is the first step to getting there. Otherwise, you're just saving to save and you will die with money under your mattress and it's not going to, you're going to, you're not going to feel fulfilled and you're just doing this for no reason. Um, the number two thing is um, understand where you're financially at currently. Do you have debt? Um, and it's okay if you do. Who doesn't? Is it bad debt? Is it credit card debt? Is it school debt? Um, what are your plans on paying that off? And, um, and then what kind of things can you invest in right now? So um, what I mean by that is what kinds of um, accounts do you have set up currently? If not, what accounts can you get set up uh, with, with zero to, to, to nothing in it? Like a tax-free savings account is something that, we, the, that, that Canadians can take advantage of, right? Um, um, an RRSP is something that Canadians can take advantage of as well, not just through their bank, but through most workplaces, um, which is like a registered retired savings plan. Um, understanding what those things mean. Um, and yeah, find yourself a mentor, find yourself a mentor because everyone who's ever invested, including myself has never went, I'm just going to do it based on what I know. No, get a couple of opinions, get a couple of people who are going to tell you that's a bad idea or that's a good idea and then weigh out your options. Um, but that's a really good question because some people don't know where to start and then they, they, they start in a way that is, I wouldn't say wrong, but not in the most efficient way. They get bit, they don't see the results, they get turned off and then that's it. They, they, they turn themselves off from investing completely. And then, you know, the world has lost another investor. Right. So I would say just, just know that, know those few things first and then start looking at, you know, okay, Perfect. Now, what kind of what kind of risk can I take on? Right. Um, if I lose a hundred thousand dollars tomorrow, am I going to freak out, or am I going to put in more money, or am I going to pull everything out? Understand where you can afford that risk, how much you can afford to lose, because everything you put in, you need to have that kind of mindset that it's gone forever. And that's how you stick with it. Right. That, yeah. It's it can be very intimidating to know how to start, and I'm sure that there's a lot of like. You know, we hear a lot about investing stuff in the news, but that's kind of like, you know, very surface level headline stuff. Oh, Tesla stock did this today. Like, right, okay, that's, right. that's great. But like most people who are just, be, you know, beginning don't have enough money to be investing in a significant amount of Tesla, Apple, Google, Facebook, you know, the, the big, huge companies. And those companies are maybe not moving a whole lot. Like, yeah, maybe over 40 years they are. But if you buy one stock, like that's not, you know, one share of Tesla is not is not changing your life, right? So, right is that is that a common mistake that you see amongst early investors where they're trying to chasing flash and chasing headlines and stuff like that? Absolutely, absolutely. I think that the the DM that I get the most is not, "Hey man, I was wondering how to get started." It's never that. It's usually, "Dude, I need you to give me three stocks that I can invest in today." And <laughs> I'm like, "That's not how it works. I can do that, but remember, mind you, the three stocks that I give you today, you're going to start investing in today, where I have." have invested it in years ago or months ago, right? So the, the timing of that matters as well. So it's again, so then I ask them, I go through the basic question, okay, well, what, what's your goal? Like how much risk can you take on? And they go, oh, I don't wanna go through this stuff with you. I just need three stock picks right now. <laughs> like, no, in order for me to give you proper financial coaching advice, I need to know where you're at and where you wanna go. I can give you three stock picks, but that's, that's so risky. 
right? That's it's not what I do. It's not what I want to do. That's not. It's that's almost not irresponsible, coaching. right? Yeah, exactly. It's 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 if someone asked you, "Oh, I want to lose ten pounds right now," what would you say to them? First of all, it's impossible. You can't lose ten pounds yeah. in a day, right? And second of all, well, okay, what are your what are your goals? What's your diet like? You know, have you been going to the gym? What kind of you know, like what? There's so many factors involved, right? So I get asked that a lot. Um, in terms of you know, would I recommend someone investing in a single stock? No, no. That is what I did when I first started out, and I have been burned so many times, and I have felt the pain of watching my portfolio just like be so volatile, tank one day, go up the next, and it's a strain on your mindset, and that's what will kill your, um, I guess your your, your investment rigor, you know? So I would never uh, recommend you investing in one stock. Take a look at products and and, and funds that that have a multitude of stocks in it that you can invest in. Um, Usually these services and these hedge hedge funds and these funds are are a lot cheaper than than buying one share of Tesla, which is right now trading today at like a thousand bucks. You can buy an ETF, an exchange traded fund that has Tesla in it, for one tenth the price, and it's much more diversified. That way, if one company is not doing so well, you don't lose all your money. Um, that's what I would recommend. But right. yeah, it's kind I do of get like a lot. It's kind of like you know how aggressive does does someone want to be? To you know, you did a great job of segueing it to to diet stuff there. But it's like, okay, do you want to lose ten pounds in the next two weeks, or do you want to lose ten pounds in the next three months? Because right. the answer to those two questions is going to be very different. It's just about right. what you're willing and able to do, right? If you're willing to possibly lose your investment, yeah, we can mm-hmm. we can try and pick one stock and and you know cross our fingers and pray that it's going to double in the next three weeks. If you're not willing or able to lose that much money, well, we've got to pick a different strategy and think about okay, well, maybe it's going to or, or pick pick a, a different product or different something something else to invest in that's going to give me cash over the next 20 years or give me an income over the next 20 years. And so it's just, it's kind of that's like, right. there's not like that's a right. right answer, right? It's it's yeah. kind of whatever that person wants, but you need to understand all the factors that go into making that decision. Exactly, exactly. And what I do is I, I'm not really in a financial planning position and I, I, will never, I will never take your lifestyle into account and then tell you what to do. I want you to understand what your lifestyle is like Right. I want you to be able to see what you're currently doing, because I can just I can just tell you what to do from my point of view. But for you to understand where you're at and where you want to go and how to get there, that's that's how you're going to achieve results. Right. I guess it's the same thing with personal training. I mean, the personal trainer can only do so much for you. And then and then you kind of got to do the rest on your own. Right. You're not going to get personal training every day. But I'm pretty sure for some people, personal training is really important for the first three months of them ever starting to work out. After that, you kind of got the basics down, you got the form in, you, you, you know what you're looking for, you know how to get the right exercises in, and you start doing it yourself. So that's my goal is to kind of show you guys where the gates are, check your tickets, and you know, you're in the amusement park now. Have the best time. I'm not gonna hold your hand through the ride because um, personally, it's, it's not gonna work out for you. And, and I'd, I'd be doing more damage than I would be uh, helping you at that point. For sure. No, I, f- I feel exactly the same way about, about training people. Like I, all I do is talk, 
to my clients, right? And same as you, all you do is talk. I cannot do Mm -hmm. the exercise for them. You cannot push the button to hit invest for them. You don't have to go to sleep at night knowing that X dollars of their money is, is on the line or or whatever it is the same way. I don't have to do those reps for them. I don't have to feel hungry when we're dieting. I don't have to feel sore in the morning. I do do those things for my own self, but I don't have to do it for them. If I could, if I could bear that, (laughs) if I could bear that for them, I would, because it would make my job so much easier, but, but I, but I can't, um, and so it's just about educating, like, look, here are the options given your scenario. One, two, three, four, five, however many there are. Now you choose which is which is going to sound best for you, right? Same as investing, same as fitness. There's no way that I can fully understand what's happening in someone's life, all the ins and outs, all the variables, what their home life is like, children, parents, you know, whatever, whatever the case is that's going on, that I can 100% accurately recommend you must do this. Now, if someone is like yeah. a, a pro athlete or something, then there's different and that's a different scenario because like, you know, their athletic, their fitness is, is the number one priority at that point. And so it's like, yeah, you're going to put all that other stuff aside to do what I say. And this is the best course of action based on X, Y, Z factors and whatever. But for most people, like you're not putting your fitness ahead of like, you know, your, your friend's birthday or your girlfriend's birthday or something like that. Like that's not like, I'll never that's be like, a, Oh, you can't eat cake because, because I said, yeah. so. like, that's bullshit. Right. So that's the thing. Yeah. That's the thing too, is some people assess risk differently than others, right? Mm-hmm. Some people want to get rich quick. That's not my style of investing. That to me isn't investing. That's more of gambling. Right. I don't know if there are gambling coaches, but <laughs> what I do is, you know, I teach you about compounding your money over time and how to get a set, like healthy financial habits. Um, do, is there, is there, is day trading, you know, possible or are there trades that you can get into? Of course. Of course, every so often there's something that looks good and you want to, you know, throw some money into the pot and see what happens. If you can afford to take that risk, go for it. If you have room to, to, to have that cake, if you can afford to, you know, have that luxury to have that one day off, have that one cheat meal, go for it, go for it. I think that's, that's what would make this a little bit more uh, digestible um, is that if you continue having that basic investment mindset through 10, 20, 30 years, you're never going to take risks that might propel you further and quicker. So take those risks when they come. And if it, if it bites you in the ass, you know, then I'm sorry. Like that's, that's what taking risks is all about. But if it pays out, you would have collapsed more time over time. So take the risks when you can, and don't be afraid to say no when you don't think you can take it on. Yeah. Well said. I think, I think the, you know, maybe to sum that up, the investing to me sounds more like this is the basic stuff that everyone should do. When you get to a certain uh, amount in your portfolio, a certain bankroll, let's say, then yeah. you can start gambling and day trading. If I build up my portfolio to a million dollars, I can throw 10K on some stock that my friend told me about just for fun. Because if I lose that $10,000 at that time, not changing my life. But if my if my portfolio totals $15,000, there's no way that I'm just spending $10,000 or even $1,000 on like right. some some stock that I just heard about, some company, oh, these guys are doing some special thing. It's impossible. Mm-hmm. But so it's kind of this one of, or one of these like rich get richer type of things, if I'm, yeah. if I'm, not, if I'm not wrong. You'd be, no, you'd be surprised how many people save up to 10, 15,000 and go, I'm going to go all in, all my money, all my <laughs> chips on red. Yeah. And I'm like, you have, yeah, I think you have better odds if you just throw it on red at the, at the tables, you know? Yeah versus throwing it into a company that you know nothing about. There are people that invest like that and it's very risky. And that's that's what I'm trying to teach people to kind of sway away from. Because if you did build a portfolio to a million dollars, you would have developed so many good habits by the, by now. You would have understood the fundamentals of investing by now. 
that when you do take those risks, you know how to make it back if you were to lose it. Right. Right. So that's what it's all about. Do you think that there's some merit to letting people, not letting them on purpose, but with a fair warning, letting them make mistakes in investing on their own. It's like, okay, you know, they've, they've built up their, their portfolio to 15,000. They really badly want to invest in their friends, cousins, you know, uncle's company, and they want to give them $3,000, let's say, you know, 20% of their portfolio. Yeah. And you're like, ah, probably not a good idea, but I mean, you know, I can't tell you what to do and they do it and they get burned and it's like, okay, learn my lesson. Won't do that again. Is there some value there? For sure. Absolutely. I also feel like the people that do do that have never been burned before. Right. So that's why they think that this is really going to pay out. And it just might. Don't get me wrong. It, sometimes course. it does. Sometimes it does. Right. And this is the thing that, that makes the difference between um, passive investors who said it, forget it, and guys who like are day traders. Right. Day traders is not, day trading is not a passive job. You're working, you're literally sitting there from the moment the market opens to the moment the market closes and you're checking the volatility index and you are trading on how volatile the market is. So when I see guys that want to take this kind of risk um, or when they, or when I see people, Oh, you know, maybe I should just let them burn themselves. It's probably because they haven't been burned before. And it's probably because they've, they don't know what it feels like to lose. Right. I don't know. I've learned in many different ways. I've lent money to friends and I've been burned that way. And for that reason, when somebody asks me to invest in their company now, I really got to take a deep look at it. And, you know, nine times out of 10, I'd probably say no, not because I don't support you. It's because it's too much of a risk and I can't take it on currently, you know? Right. Um, but yeah, uh, do I, would I tell someone, hey, you know what? Go ahead, see what happens. I would say, hey man, really look at what's going to happen. I, I need you to understand that if you were to lose X amount tomorrow, how would you make it back? And how long would it take for you to make it back? If that answer is is not there, if you don't know exactly what you're doing or how to make it back right away, then I would say no, right? But if, okay, yeah, you know, I, I was able to generate this much from my portfolio this year, passively, you know, investing, I'm going to take $15,000 out, give it to my cousin's uh, motorcycle business. Uh, he's got this new, you know, technology that's going to take off and I think it's going to go somewhere. If it doesn't work, you know, I'm going to be able to, uh, I'm going to have insurance by shorting this, or I'm going to have insurance by playing long-term in this and I'll make it back in three to four months. Okay, perfect. You have insurance, you have a plan, you have a strategy, go for it. Let's see what happens. Good luck. Right. But if, like you said, if you just made that 15 K mark and you're going to pull it out and you're going to throw 15 K on red, best of luck to you, but just know that it took you this long to make that 15 K. So are you prepared to take that long to make it back? Or are you just going to like completely go, you know, investing didn't work out for me. I'm done. We see, we see this a lot in fitness as well. I think where there are a lot of, and and this is being exacerbated on social media, I think as well, where there's a lot of like young coaches slash influencers who are people who (laughs) they never were out of shape. They were like, uh, you know, a regular teenager had a regular mm-hmm. physique and they started going to the gym and they were 18, 19, never gained a lot of weight, never got injured, never really played a sport, just kind of started going to the right. gym. And when you're that age, if you go to the gym and you like walk a lap around the gym, you're going to gain some muscle. It's like very, yeah. you can do, yeah, home, yeah. you can do the dumbest shit ever yeah. and it's going to work. Right. And so, right. but then, you know, you see these like 22, 23 year olds with like these incredible physiques and it's like, wow, mm-hmm. I want to do that. And so they give their advice based on what they did. 
mm-hmm. what they did is not going to work for the 27 year old person who's right. been injured, gained 30 pounds since university, uh, the, the stay at home mom who has two kids like that, that doesn't, it doesn't translate that well because they've like, they've never been burned. They've never experienced loss or a setback. It's just been so incredibly easy for them the entire time where their advice is almost, and it's not really their fault either because what they've been doing, it, it does work for them. It just doesn't work for everyone else. And I guess maybe the, the, maybe part of the equivalent in investing would be like a kid whose, whose parents gave him, you know, 500 grand and said, Hey, go invest this. And it's like, well, okay. You know, if you have that much money, unless you're being really dumb, like even if you lose half of it, you still have way more money. You still have 250K, way more money than all your friends. Right. So it's like, you you can't really go wrong that way. And then you get to, you know, you get the stunt on social media, look at the car I bought, look at the jewelry I bought and all this nonsense. That happens, man. That happens. I see, I see a lot of people that I start working with, you know, at the end of my three months with them or or whatever timeline that, that, that we have with them at the end of the, the coaching sessions, they'll be like, so my friends are buying like this, this, this new coin that came out or this <laughs> NFT that came out and, you know, they just made a lot of money. Like, do you think I should do it too? I'm like, that's, that's great. Can you afford to risk that money? Can you afford to lose that money today? If you can, then take that risk because a kid with $500,000, if he takes 10 risks, 10 K each, that's only $50,000 that he's losing. Yeah. I shouldn't say only, but to him, that's only it's a 10%. small percentage of his portfolio. Exactly. But if he takes a lot of risks, at $1,000 each, he's afforded to make 500 of those risks, 500 plays. Out of those 500 plays, if he hits maybe 10 of them, 20 of them, and the payout is high enough, he might be able to make a crap ton of money. Right. It takes money to make money, right? But what more, I'm more important, more importantly is what I'm trying to do is build that healthy mindset and that financial responsibility so that you don't do anything reckless with your money so that you do live below your means so that you know what your means even are so that you have enough put away so that you can retire comfortably it sounds boring it sounds archaic but it's worked right for 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 years all this other stuff that's coming up now like crypto and nfts and stuff they're very new they're very new space right 10 years ago we didn't know what that was so is it a good space to get into i can't say I'm hoping it evolves into something that we can't even begin to comprehend right now. Uh, maybe one day this will be the future of investments and the future of, of, of money and, and how the financial markets work. But as of right now, I know what's worked historically and I know what's new. And so I'm just going to, I'm going to stick with what I know. <laughs> exactly. Stick with the boring stuff that works. It never goes wrong. It's worked for the past 200 years and there's no sign that it won't work for the next 200 years, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. But I am excited for, you know, like when people talk about crypto and NFTs, mm. I'm always excited to learn because it's always changing. It's an ever-growing space. It's, it is very new. I don't think it's, it's, in a, it's where it'll be in 10 years or I, I think it's like the glimpse of what it, the possibilities can possibly be and what it's going to evolve to. I can't wait to see what it is. I just, I just, I'll, I'm just going to wait to see yeah. what it is. You yeah. Know? Are, are you excited yeah. about it or, or optimistic about it from like a philosophical standpoint, not necessarily from an investment standpoint that is still, you know, TBD, but like if it can become as adopted, you know, widely adopted, you know, everyone's grandma knows what Bitcoin is and, and we know we all start to use it. Are you, are you excited about that on like a societal philosophical level? Yeah. I, even on an investment level, I'm, I've, I've dabbled in the, the crypto market and I've, I'm still learning about the NFT and the whole metaverse of it. There's a lot of learning behind it. I, I, I am really into it from a financial 
aspect. But again, there's there's risks that are associated with that that doesn't exist in the realm of what I've been taught, what I've learned. Right. So I'm really taking out everything that I've learned, throwing it in the trash, and then going to invest in these products and services. But in a, on a philosophical standpoint, yes, I'm super excited with, uh, about what this, this could be, you know, because this, this reminds me of what Apple was at one point or what Tesla was at one point or what Google was at one point. It, it was more than just a company. It was more than just this one thing. It became a community. It became a lifestyle. It became the way we live. Yeah. I can't think, I, I can't even tell you how many times I Google things in a day or how many <laughs> things I do Google in a day. If, if cryptocurrency can be the way that you were going to connect and on a financial matter, on a financial literacy matter, if your grandparents can talk about it comfortably, then yes, this is the future that I, I, I do want to see. Is it kind of weird in the space that it is now? And it's kind of, you know, funky and, and, and very, you know, uh, I guess, exacerbated and it's all over social media and it's, it's talked the way it is, about the way it is. And you got all these, you know, YouTube celebrities talking about it. I wish it was a little bit more uh, common and a little bit more institutionalized and not so much of like a celebrity kind of, like hip hop kind of thing that's that, yeah. that it's got going on, but I'm excited for it, man. I, I can't wait to see what it's going to become. Yeah. I'm, I feel the same as you. And, and you know, it's, a, there's a handful of people who have made a significant amount of money at it, but there's also a lot more people who have lost a lot of money at that uh, on or with cryptocurrencies. And we just don't hear about those things. That's so it's right. like, it sounds cool. It's like, Oh, I invested in blah, blah, blah coin. And I made $300,000 in, in 15 days. Like, okay, but you're like one in a, in a, you know, a million people. Like most people don't do that, but then, you know, you hear it just blasted everywhere. And so it's, it's hard to ignore and you don't want to miss the hype. There's like a huge amount of FOMO that, that goes with it. That's right. But I think, right. I think it will, you know, I think one really amazing thing you said there was it is similar to like Google, Apple, Amazon, these companies that literally change the way that we interact with each other. Like this whole battle with Twitter and Elon Musk right now is like, it's because Twitter is a, is just a company, quote unquote, mm-hmm. but it's mm-hmm. not just a company. It's the way that we interact with each other and that information is is spread around. And so that's why it's like, I think it's such a big deal that Elon is trying to buy it and, and you know, whatever's going on with that, because it's not just a company. It, it represents, it represents so much more than that. And it's almost, it's just part of the way we live. And that's why it's changed. Same as, you know, Bitcoin, Ethereum, whatever, all the cryptos have the potential to change the way that we interact with each other and change the course of human history. Uh, sh- you know, should they really start to take off? I think they already have to a degree, but should they really start to take off? And these are the things that like tons and tons of money are made. If someone had the foresight, whatever, sure. however many years ago to say, Oh, Jeff Bezos selling books out of his basement is yeah. going to change the way that I get my toilet paper. You know, you would have been you would have been very wealthy right now, but there's not a lot of people who would have been able to who have had access to that and who would have been able to make that inference the same way he thought about it. I don't know if it's going to happen during our lifetime, but one day people are going to say, do you remember when NFTs were just starting out and people were just buying pictures of monkeys? (laughs) That's going to be the conversation we're going to have 50 to 100 years from now, because that's how it's going to start. Right. And it always starts out like this. Jeff Bezos selling books, you know, Steve Jobs working out of his garage. There's an there's at least one Apple product in every home now. Yeah. I, I I can comfortably say that, right? But that's yeah. just how it's that's just how it is now, right? It used to be just phone calls. Now we're zooming. Now we're conferencing. Now we're FaceTiming, right? So these things they'll explode, man. And you can't you can't say you know where it's gonna go. And and and, and I could comfortably say I don't know where it's what's gonna happen. And I and I like that. I like that it's that it's kind of like this gray area and it scares the shit out of people. But that's how things start. Yeah. Yeah. Great, great risk and great reward. But, you know, you have to be willing to willing to take on that risk. Right. It's another one. Rich get richer. If you can throw a couple thousand dollars on some stupid named monkey coin, 
and, yeah. and it blows up, then great. But if if you're gonna miss a meal because you blew a thousand dollars on the stupid monkey coin, then not okay, not good. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It just all comes down to that, right? So if the rich keep on getting richer, then it's fine. I'm gonna I'm gonna teach you how to get to what you think is rich. That's that's just what I know. And hey, what I do might not even be the best fit for everybody. And and that we usually find that out pretty quickly. Um, but yeah, but nowadays, a lot of people, the reason why they fail or what I've noticed is they're too afraid to start. And so when they do start, they do dumb things like follow their friends and, 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 and not taking proper advice and just following one friend and then they get burned because if you haven't been burned before, uh, which is something that you brought up and then they go, you know what, this isn't for me. I don't want to do this anymore. It's the same thing with, I would say, if I could, uh, you know, relate back to fitness, someone that goes to the gym for two, three weeks, they don't see the results they want. They read the wrong thing. They follow the wrong guy on Instagram and they go, yeah, I've been eating, you know, uh, peeled foods for the past three weeks on this new <laughs> diet. How am I not where I need to be? This is all a hoax. Working out is a hoax. Fitness is a hoax. Fuck health. And then, right. you know, they, and then that's it, man. And then, and then they give up and then you just lost, you just lost that one person forever, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's, a, <laughs> that's what I'm trying not to do. Yeah. No, that's a great analogy. I, I, I like how you started that with, with, you know, it comes down to the personal relationship because I think, you know, going back to the beginning of this conversation, you don't have some secret sauce, some secret recipe and neither do I about fitness. If, if I did, I would, I would gladly <laughs> openly tell everyone yeah. about that, but it just doesn't exist. And so, you know, the way that I say something, maybe it clicks for someone and maybe someone hates the way that I say it. And same for you. Maybe the advice that you give in the way that you present it sounds amazing. It's like, wow, when Raymond said that, that makes so much sense. That sounds great. Like I can do that, but they may have heard that same piece of advice 17 times before that. It just wasn't packaged in a way that that resonated with them. And same for fitness. It's like, yeah, eat less, run more, eat your vegetables. Like, okay, we all know that. We we all know about what, what a healthy plate of food is versus what a not healthy plate of food is. We all know that we should go to the gym and exercise and like, you know, move our bodies and all this stuff. But for whatever reason, it resonates sometimes and it doesn't. And, And sometimes it doesn't. So that coach client relationship in any avenue, whether it be investing, whether it be fitness, whether it be anything else is, is very important because at the end of the day, we're all humans. We're not just right. a bunch of robots. If it For were sure. like that, we'd all be rich. We'd all be jacked and healthy. And you know, we'd all have like, exactly. all, we'd all just be exactly the same, but we're not, we're, we're all different. And, and that's part of what makes, you know, humanity beautiful. Which sucks, right? Because I almost kind of want a fully jacked and rich world. You know, I want to, <laughs> I want to live in a world where we're going to eat anything we want to eat at all times and look so good and <laughs> yeah. drive whatever we want to drive. I want everybody to be on that plane, but it, it just, it's, it just sucks because, you know, I almost feel like the, it's, it's meant to be like this. This is the reason why we don't learn about these things in school is because it's considered an option. I don't understand why, but you know, I, yeah. I, I wish it was a little bit more common knowledge. Yeah, I think I think part of part of the beauty of achieving these things is going through the hardship or the tough times to acquire them, doing the hard work to acquire them, grinding out your investments for 20, 30 years. If everyone was just handed a you know a million dollar check when you turned eighteen, you wouldn't appreciate it. You wouldn't the same way as if everyone was just like you know ten percent body fat and jacked. It's like you wouldn't appreciate it. It wouldn't mean there's so much intangible there's so many intangible lessons that you learn uh, through these endeavors and that i think that is where the more important aspect is rather than rather than the end result of having a large portfolio or you know being jacked for sure yeah yeah, that's definitely it too it's it's again some people want to retire modestly some people want to be able to fit in their wedding dress 
some people want to live longer. Some people want to have a, 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 a more healthy, conscious lifestyle, right? And then some people just don't give a shit. Some people just want to eat whatever they eat. Some people want to go to the club every weekend and spend money that they don't have. Mm-hmm. Um, but hey, it's it's you never see what was behind the scenes. What you see on Instagram, what you hear on Twitter, those are all highlights, right? No one's going to post that they have no money for lunch on Instagram. Nobody. You'll <laughs> never see that, right? You'll never see that. That's, right. um, that's the thing with traders too. Is everyone wants to get into trading and then they think that, oh, this is the job that I want because I can just, you know, be at home all day and just trade, be a day trader. Traders don't post when they fail and they mm-hmm. fail 99 out of 100 trades. But that one trade will probably pay off for you. You got to have that kind of rigor. You got to have that kind of mindset. You got to have that kind of heart to be able to take rejections, take failure 99 times out of 100 times a day. I say that I'm not cut out for that kind of life. I would really be in tears every day, just constantly staring at the screen, seeing losses, 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 losses for 99 times before I get that one win, right? That's just, I'm not, that's just not my style. It's not what I want to do. And that's not passive. But yeah, man, there's a lot of people that just, you don't know what they're going through and you can't really tell what their positions are. And when they win, they show it off and everyone wants to be a winner and like, Oh, look, you know, Ray made this one trade. He's a winner. You didn't see the 10,000 times I lost money on this one trade. In fact, I'm not even profitable. I'm not even in a profitable zone right now. <laughs> lost a hundred thousand dollars. I just made 10. I just showed you that I made 10. And now you think I make $10,000 on every single trade, you know? That's right. the thing that I that I hate to see because I know there's people watching this going, I want that. I want to do this. You know? Yeah. So you got you gotta understand understand the the cost of it. How how did you how did you figure that out about yourself? That that kind of lifestyle wouldn't be something that you are cut out for? Because maybe some people can can tolerate it. They I mean, just emotionally. They can just take losses all day long and not feel bad about it. And and you know, good for you if you yeah. can do that. But how did you figure that out about yourself that, that wasn't gonna be something for you? Oh man, I think I dabbled into swing trading and day trading. So the, the difference between swing trading is uh, you're not constantly trading a stock when it, when it, when it goes down and up, that's not usually how it works. Swing trading is you, you buy a profitable company, you buy a stock from them and you're basically periodically buying and selling that same company. So I would buy Tesla today. I'd probably sell it in a couple of weeks. Then I'd buy more when it's really low. I'm not constantly buying points and, and beeps on the screen all day. And when I was doing that, I realized the, 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 the area for failure, which is kind of like, I guess I learned this from video games is and playing video games is you will die a lot of times before you get to the boss, before you win, before you get this boss <laughs> and you will die with, with, without, you know, all the, all the gear and all the weapons and all the, and all the armor that you need. And that wasn't kind of my, my, my play style. I want to get to the boss and have the best weapons and kill them in one shot. That's more of the, 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 the big video game player that I always was. And so for me, that, that was the more fun. The fun was in the grind, not in that instant gratification and, or the instant loss, you know? So yeah, man, you can go to the, the last boss and you can, you know, if you're really good and you have that kind of mindset to take a beating 99 times and keep resetting your game, and and then and, and try again and try again and try again until you, you you get that lucky hit, that lucky crit, and the boss goes down. But for me, it's it's more fun to 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 get that sword and then to run to over here and to get that armor and then to get the shield and then go to the boss and you know one shot him. That's more my play style. So yeah, I guess 
that's how I'm relating it. And that might not be the reason why, but I just realized that losing that many times in a day, in a month, in a life, it's just not fun. Um, so I, I don't recommend it, but you'd be surprised how many people do do it and do do it successfully. So kudos to the guys out there that are, that are trading their asses off and, and, and making these plays every day. Right. I mean, what an incredible analogy that is. Like, I, I hadn't really thought about that, but that is perfect. Yeah. And and anyone, you know, who's played video games and, and done that, like we've all certainly done that in video games. And as you were saying it, I was, you know, going back to when I used to play video games more and like as a kid and yeah. thinking about it. And yeah. it's like, when you do, when you do that, you keep resetting the game, keep resetting the game and you finally beat the boss. It doesn't yeah. even feel good. It just feels yeah. like, fuck, finally, yeah. finally I can yeah. shut this game off and go do something else now that I did this. But when you like, you know, you go through, you get all the upgrades, you go slow and whatever, and you just go beat the boss, you feel good about it, you feel yeah. accomplished. And like, yeah. man, that's, that's incredible. Let's say, I would imagine again, same thing with investing. When you, when you do all the right things and you see that bankroll slowly, slowly, your, your portfolio, I keep calling it bankroll, your portfolio slowly, You're slowly, not wrong. It's all right. slowly uh, growing and you get there. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, I hit my goal. I did this. Whereas if you're just chasing your losses all the time. When you get profitable, you're like, fuck, finally. And then you can yeah. feel okay. And all your emotional well-being is like built up or pent up on on winning. And and it doesn't even feel good. It just feels relieving. And so, you know, we want to have more moments of feeling good. And and I think that yeah. you know, taking the slow road, doing the right things, that's the best way to do it. And same goes for fitness as always. But I'm also the firm believer of of, of understanding that when these games are built, that, you know, sometimes, you know, it's okay to play the way you want. Right. Just, right. just understand, just understand that if you're going to lose a hundred times a day, are you going to be okay with that? If you are, keep running to this boss, absolutely <laughs> butt naked, you know, yeah. and trying to take him down. In fact, people would actually, when they get that one win, when the guy that has no gear on kills the boss, that's the video that people are going to watch on YouTube. Yes. Not the one that's 30 hours where the guy gets all the gear before he goes to the boss. Right. It's not a problem with the world, but that is what's <laughs> happening right now. And I'm, I'm guilty. If there's a video of uh, a 30 hour video of a guy getting all the gear versus a 10 second video of this guy speed running a game, I'm curious to see how he's going to do this right. in 10 seconds. You know, that's the guy that gets the most views. Yeah. That's the guy that gets the cars. That's the guy that gets the, you know, the, the, the gratification, the, the yeah. spotlight. So, you know, understand what path you have, man. The highlight, the highlight reel of social media that's just crushing exactly. us right, left, right, and center. But it's like, we just, you know, you never see people who, you never see people when they just started because they weren't posting stuff. The first time I ever went in the gym when I was whatever, a teenager, like I didn't have a, first of all, there wasn't like cell phones and cameras and stuff. But if there was yeah. like, I wasn't taking a video of myself. Oh, look how shit my squat looks. And look, like it didn't exist. Yeah, yeah, that wasn't yeah. a thing. But if I had those For videos sure. to post them now and be like, okay, this is where I started. And this is where I am now after 15 years of doing this. And, and this is how it goes. But it's like, you know, I don't have that. So I post a video of you know, an exercise. Look at me doing it. Oh, that looks really easy for you. Like, look how good it is. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But you didn't see when it used to be hard for me, just cause you didn't see it doesn't mean it didn't used to be like that. Right. Same as the guy yeah. speed running the game. It's like that guy was probably grinding for 30 hours as well. He just, probably. he just, it, yeah. he only recorded or only posted the one that, <laughs> the one that, that he yeah. won. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And like big kudos and big shout outs to the guys that do post their failures. I'm starting yeah. to see it now, especially when it comes to like workout videos. Like, oh, I had an absolutely crappy day at the gym. You can see these guys giving up, giving out, you know, plates yeah. falling on their chests. And I'm like, you know what? This is what actually happens when you need to get to that goal that you've never been to before. No one sees this. So good job on you posting that, man, because nine out of 10 people wouldn't post that. They wouldn't, they wouldn't post a failed workout. They wouldn't post themselves throwing up at the gym, you know, because yeah. they push themselves too hard or 
They wouldn't post themselves going, yeah, I, I just can't make it to the gym today. I just can't. I just can't. You'll never see someone going, hey, just woke up, just realized I'm having a shitty day. I'm not going to go to the gym. Exactly. No one would watch, no one watch that story. It's and, all, you'll always see, can't wait to get to the gym today, excited to get this pump, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. yeah. I've, I've noticed with myself that I get more, call it reaction interactions on stuff yeah. that I post that's like, hey, not having a great day today. This lift didn't go well. Stuff that's more human. Because yeah. the other side okay. of it is, for the most part, I don't really have days. This is me personally. I don't really have days th- that where I don't want to go to the gym. I very much enjoy exercise. It's not a chore right. for me to do that. And I'm very open about saying that. Like I, my struggles are not the same struggles as the average person when it comes to fitness. I don't have to drag my ass to the gym every now and then. Right. Sure. And, and I'll right. have bad, bad workouts. That's different mm-hmm. than like not wanting to do it, but I always want to do it. And so, you know, I'm just very open about that. Like, Hey, look, this is, this is what I like the same way that someone else enjoys doing something else for their hobby that I wouldn't care about at all. This is what mm-hmm. I like to do. So it's not, it's not a chore for me. And if it was a chore, then I wouldn't be in the job that I'm in because <laughs> I wouldn't have studied as much right. and done all the things that I've done to, to learn all the things that I know. Um, but, but yeah, every time I post something that's a little bit more human, a, a meal, that's not like a quote unquote healthy meal, a junk food meal, uh, something like that. It always gets more, more reaction. And I don't do that on purpose, but it's because it's just more relatable because that's how most people are. That's good. That's good to hear. I was just going to ask, like when you do post your content and when you do have content, do you have people going, Hey, so proud of you. That was great. I love that. Love seeing you in there. Or do you usually get the ones that are kind of like, man, I didn't. I didn't know you eat donuts. Like, do you, do you get the, yeah. Do you get that kind of wow factor when you do, like you said, like humanly stuff versus like, Hey, in the gym again. Cause I feel like people are so used to knowing that you're the, you're the fitness God. You're the guy. Right. Yeah. yeah but then definitely. you go and you have a, you go and have a milkshake and they're like, Whoa, what, what are you doing? Right. Yeah. Cause they're, they're, they're just not used to seeing that. This past weekend was a perfect example of this. It, it was Easter okay. this past weekend. Right. And, you know, so I posted the, you know, the, the photos of like my family's food, big family, you know, tons of food. Yeah. So there was like the, the appetizer stuff posted that, you know, regular food, it would be healthy. Food. It was a lot, but it was healthy food. The meal, right. Easter meal, it's not like unhealthy food, meat, vegetables, potatoes, you know, whatever. Yeah. And then the dessert food at the end, we had way too many cakes and just way too much stuff, but that's how it was. Yeah. Always yeah. Right. The only one that got the only one of those three posts on my stories that got any like reaction to them was the yeah. one of the one of the dessert, because that's yeah. like, hey, oh, wow, you're eating this, too. You do this, too. You you don't just like eat chicken and rice on on holidays as well. Like you, yeah, yeah, you yeah, actually yeah. indulge in the desserts like, yeah, fuck. Yeah, I do. I had probably more than anyone else. <laughs> and yeah, you know, it's like yeah. it's just it's just very real. Whereas like I posted a thing in the gym, maybe if it's like if I hit a new PR or did something that was like. Right. Know, kind of impressive. Then I'll get some people saying like, Hey, great job. Or mostly it's actually, wow, I wish I could do that. And it's like, ah, that it makes me feel bad because the reason that I post those things is not to show off. It's trying to show what I'm doing and what the process is like. But right. when I, when I get the responses that are like, Oh, I wish I could do that. I'm like, ah, you kind of, you kind of missed the point there. I wasn't, this is not about you trying to be like me. This is just me showing what I've been doing and what their end result is. But right, the point right. is not for you to be like me. The point is for be the, for you to be the best version of yourself. And so, so I try and almost stay away. Like I don't really like posting videos of myself lifting like for real. Other aside from like just here's how to do this exercise. Right. Okay. For for that exact reason, because um, I know that some people like to see it, but it feels like show offy to a degree. And having okay, said yeah. that. I almost feel bad about it because in the world of fitness and same would be in the world of investing, 
I show off my squat PR and, you know, to someone who doesn't consume fitness content all day, that might look really heavy and really awesome. But the people right. that I follow and learn from and whatever, my PR is like their warm up set. And so yeah. I feel like, oh, what the hell? Yeah, Same as like, you sure. know, in investing, you, you know, you post, I made this much money on a trade. Meanwhile, you know, Warren Buffett is out there with however much money he has. And it's like, well, who, sure. who am I? Right. That so. happens all the time. I'll post maybe like, oh, look, guys, I picked this, you know, this, this, this energy fund back in 2018 and it's gone up by 60%. Great. And then everyone's like, dude, what should I buy right now? You're rich. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I'm not. I, 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 I made a good play and I, I understood something. By no means am I rich to my standard. Like this is not why I posted it. I just wanted to show you guys that, hey, look, you like something and you stick through it. And for three years, this is what could potentially work for you, right? Yeah. It's not that I have some secret sauce. Again, I didn't post it because I knew something nobody did. I don't have a, a source. I don't have an insider on Wall Street. I don't, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I read the news by the time I get it, probably half the world has already seen it, to be very honest with you. Um, I don't, I, I, I watch basic news channels. I follow basic news sources, but I do that. I, I read the news. I look at these news sources. I talk to my friends about it. I share articles. I make it a habit of just being in it um, and not like trying to find the best source of news or trying to time the market. Guys, now's a good time to buy. You know, that's never, that's never worked out before. You can timing the market is never as good as time in the market. Right? And that's, right. that's kind of what I go for. So yeah. yeah, it's the same thing with you, man. When you post things like that, I bet you people do go, damn, you know, that was crazy. You hit a PR, but I'm always curious if you do post yourself, like, you know, eating a donut or something, are people going to be like, what, yeah. what are you yeah. doing? Yeah. I do. I, de I, def reaction. I definitely do get that. It is, like this is, this is, it's not a problem with social media. It's again, it's just yeah. understanding what it is. There's not enough time or space for nuance on there. And that's right. why, like, that's one of the main reasons why I wanted to do this podcast is because we can just talk for an hour uh, and, and they yeah. get through all that nuance. But, you know, I post like a little story on Instagram and you're just tapping through while you're in the bathroom. And it's like, you're yeah. not going to read a whole like thing about what's actually going on there. And so, you know, you get a little five second clip and, and you think, and you inference whatever you inference from that. And I can't really control that all that much. And I can try and put a whole bunch of content, write a whole paragraph and, and a whole essay about like what's going on in this little post of my squat, but you're not going to yeah. read it. No one's going to read yeah. it because that's right. not what Instagram and whatever is for. And, and that's no one, and that's no one's fault. It's just, it just is what it is. And so I think like, as we understand these things more, you can say, okay, that's what I saw on social media. And I don't need to necessarily feel like any extreme way about it. And this is why, again, we have articles, podcasts, and these things, because we just have more time to, to dig through all the nuance that is ever so important. That's absolutely right, man. Yeah, yeah. And you can curate it too, right? People yeah. think social media is bad. Social media is the devil. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm deleting my Instagram account. It's too much of a distraction. If you use it correctly, it could be a, uh, you know, a catalyst for profound reinvention. If you curate your own social media feeds and you, you know, like certain content and you want it to feed you certain content, that's what you'll get. But if you're watching cat and dog videos all day, that's, that's what you'll get. And it yeah. will become a distraction, exactly. right? Exactly. I it think will a, become a distraction. A wake up call to some people is like your the algorithms on your social media on Instagram and especially if you're on TikTok, they're very good at serving you the content that you like to see. So if you're scrolling through your feed and you're like, "Wow, my Instagram is just a bunch of bullshit." Yeah. That's not Instagram's fault. 
that is yeah. your fault because that yeah. is the content that you interact with and consume on a very regular basis. And so it thinks, right. well, you know, you like this, so I'll just keep giving you more of that. It's not Instagram's fault for giving you all the BS. It's yeah. your fault for always liking that. So you really got to really got to check yeah. yourself. Absolutely. And I'm totally guilty. 100%. I will be, I'll have the nicest discovery feed. I'm like, okay, great. I'm getting all the news sources that I want. I'm, I'm understanding what's going on with Twitter right now. I'm understanding what's going on with Elon Musk. And then sometimes I'll fall down a hole. Yep. My friend starts sending me Kobe highlights. <laughs> then I start watching Kobe Bryant highlights. And now my feed is full with basketball highlights for the next couple of days. But that's, that's on me. I yeah. fell into the hole. I decided to chase it. I started watching more and more basketball highlights. And now I have a sports uh, Instagram feed, right? And I'm like, ah, crap. Okay, I got to get out of this. Okay, well, let's start looking at more content that I, I'm, I'm more into. But if you don't, if you don't correct that behavior, then you will fall into the dog videos and the cat videos <laughs> and the, the failed skateboard tricks and all that yeah, stuff, you know? Exactly. But that's what it's for, man. It's, 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 it's a one size fits all approach when it comes to platforms like Instagram. Right. Yep. So when for people sure. do tell me, Oh, you know, it's too much of a distraction, you know, I got to delete it. And I'm like, if you do it correctly, it's can, can help you. It's a great tool. The know-how. It's yeah, just it's a, a tool. tool. It, it's not yeah. trying to, it's not trying to harm you. It's just a tool. It's just there. And you know, circling this back to, to the, to the beginning of the conversation is like, just comes back to awareness. If you're, if you're well aware of your actions and your behaviors and the potential consequences of those actions and behaviors, good or bad, then you can make a better decision. And so I think learning to or doing the hard work to become aware, that's step one of everything, investing fitness and literally anything else that we, that we're going to do in this life. Absolutely. Yeah. You always got to be able to pull yourself out of your chair. Right. That's right. Um, and it, it was tough. I, I, I definitely didn't, it's like, I was born with this, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not built different, which is what I'm hearing. <laughs> a lot of people say nowadays, right. Oh, he's just built different. He's just built different. No, man, I've had help. I've had people who had to pull me out of my own chair. You know, I've, 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 I paid for coaches. I've, I've, I've had mentors. I've had many mentors. I've, I've done the lessons I've, I've, I've figured it out. I'm figuring it out how to really be more self-aware, right. To catch myself doing things even before I even do it. But it's not easy, man. People are figuring it out. I'm figuring it out. I, I fall into bad habits too. I don't want people to think like I'm some financial guru that, that never spends money. And I, I count my pennies when I get home and, you know, I, I live in a shack. No, man, I, 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 you know, I spend and I live life and there are things that I eat that I shouldn't sometimes. And there are things that, you know, I, I, I do and don't do. So I'm with you. I'm with you guys. I just, in the back end, I just have something that's set up for me. That's all, right? I have good days and bad days too. People don't realize that. People are like, "Oh, Ray's living his best life." No, man, I'm just, I'm just living my life. You know, yeah. you can, you can, you can do whatever you want. It's just you just choose not to. Exactly. You got to make your choices and and make the make it the best for you, man. Very, very beautifully said. I, I don't want to take up too much of your time. This has been, this has been amazing. And and thank you so much for for agreeing to do this. Like this is, you know, what we said is just you, like, hey, man. yeah. When yeah, when you put up that post, I was like. No way. I mean, I'm just going to drop, I'm going to drop him a message, but I'm pretty sure he's got like 15 people lined up. You know, why would he want to talk to me? I'm just a nobody. You know what I mean? But oh, why yeah, not? You're, you're the first one to message. Fan, so like, man. I'll just honor it. And it's like, Hey man, I'm, I'm, I always said we, there's something we can learn from, from everyone. I learned a whole lot from this conversation and I'm sure, I'm sure likewise, the people listening likewise. have also learned a whole lot. So yeah, man, this, uh, this stuff works. Yeah, no, thank you so much for having me, man. Again, I, I've usually just been a fly on the wall. Love your content. You, you know, you're very clear, concise. I love how direct, directed you are and how focused you are. So it's, 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 it's an honor to be here and I'm, I'm happy to share my story with you and 
hopefully people it resonates with people and you know they can they can continue to to go to your content for this kind of stuff yeah thank you thank you very much man that uh, i very much appreciate those uh the kind words i work very hard at it so so yeah thank you i, I appreciate keep that at it. keep at it boss keep at it Love where it. uh where now. can people find you and and get in contact with you for your coaching stuff and and uh i'll, I'll get the links in the show notes and all that stuff as well for sure. So uh, currently we are heading into the month of May. So I won't be taking on any new clients until June, but you can find me on my Instagram. It's at the other Raymond. Um, uh, I'm pretty sure you're going to, you're going to be to- posting tags on, on your socials and stuff too, and, and be posting this on, on, on your channel, but yeah, drop me a line, uh, DM me. I usually do referrals only. So you got to be a client or know a client to be a client. But if you discovered me through this podcast, please drop me a line it's free to talk to me. You know, it's, it's, it doesn't cost any money. I want to consult you first and get to know you a little bit better. And then we can potentially go from there. If, if you like what I, what I have to say, if not, then hey man, it was, it was, it was good, it was good ch- chatting with you guys. Anyways. Awesome. Thanks man. So that's that that's at the other Raymond on Instagram. Uh, I'll put the link in the, in the show notes here as well. And, you know, send them a message and, and feel free, you know, we're all people and you never know, you never know the things you can learn from just interacting with people uh, on a human level. So there you go. Ray, is there anything else you want to leave the people with here in closing? No, man, guys, you know, be safe out there. Have the best time, you know, um, and keep listening to this guy's stuff. Dude, great content, great stuff. So keep at it. And Daniel, again, honor, honor to be here. Thank you. Thanks a lot, man. I, I very much appreciate you once again. And I appreciate everyone for listening today. Uh, make sure you're following Raymond on Instagram. Follow me as well at Daniel Yoris. Um, give the podcast a rating and review on all the channels. It helps the thing grow and helps everyone get helped by by everything that's been uh, spoken about here today. Um, share it with a friend, all that kind of good stuff. Go outside, be a good person, lift hard, eat real food, and that's it. We'll see you soon.